Thank you, Quentin. Thank you, Baldwin Democrats. Uh, thank you, Richard, for being here. Um, I look forward to this congressional campaign and to serving the people of the 10th District as your representative when we defeat Jody Heiss next November. My name is Chalice Montgomery, and I am in it to win for District 10. Now, uh, here's the thing. I've been thinking a lot lately about the price of silence in this country. And I'm not willing to be silent when there are issues that need to be addressed. And misogyny is when you talk about a woman's uterus as if it is a separate part of her, as it is her own identity. It is wrong, it is inexcusable, it is misogyny. I will call it out. Because we are more than that. We are more than less pay for a man's dollar. We are more than struggling day after day with economic insecurity. The price of silence reminds me of my childhood growing up in Lower Alabama. It reminds me that we weren't supposed to ask why there were two separate waiting rooms in the doctor's office. It reminds me that we weren't supposed to ask why our school looked like our neighborhood but not like our community. And it reminds me that we weren't ever supposed to wonder why the people who could afford to eat in the only restaurant in town didn't look like the people who worked there. The price of silence is still being borne out in our communities now. So when I lived in that community and my parents got divorced, times were tough. And when my mother wanted to travel over the holidays to visit our family, the only way we could afford to take a gas was to go and gather some pecans. And so we spread them out on the table and I remember we cracked pecans one after one after one. And that silence of poverty filled the space in between. I'll never forget it. When she finally went back to school to better herself and she wanted to get a job, she wanted to go as far away as possible for a fresh start, she went to North Dakota. So, mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, but times were still difficult because then, as now, women did not get equal pay for equal work. And I, say, I seem to say this every time Ms. Triana walks into the room. <laughs> because she is an advocate for the ERA. And so we struggled. So I remember, I remember the silence of the free lunch line and the shuffling feet and how we were so much more quiet on our side of the cafeteria because somehow poverty was supposed to disqualify us from our childhood. And we could finally afford to share a little bit of what we had, we decided to open our home to those who didn't have a place to be for Thanksgiving. And it was around that table that I fully understood what it meant to be an American, what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to embrace those dual identities. And what that means is that we welcome everyone. And we're family, sometimes we don't get along but everyone is still welcome at the table. And around that table, I saw people that didn't act like me, didn't move like me, didn't talk like me, didn't think like me, didn't believe like me, and didn't love like me, and yet we were unified. We were unified in that silence that surrounded our attempts at eating my mother's dry turkey. <laughs> 
all right. Uh, I learned how to burn everything from dear old mom. All right, so I got the yellow card. So I'll flash forward. Those silences have followed me through my life. And I have a little girl who has a health condition. She was born uh, and was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at an early age. On May 4th, the national day of prayer, a new kind of silence descended on our nation when the Reverend Jody Heiss voted to repeal the ACA, voted to turn back the clock on health care, voted to make us sicker. The next day after that vote, my husband lost his employer provided health care. And the chaos in that household at the time was almost too much to bear, but my little girl She's perceptive and she wants to help, and so she decided to take things upon herself and go to her piggy bank, empty it out, and offer to pay for her care herself. And it was in the silence of that moment that I heard the silence of my childhood, the silence of the poverty of that community, the silence of the lunch line, I heard the silence around the dinner tables of the immigrant families who have had family members deported. I heard the silence of generations who have been denied the opportunity of the American dream. And so I said in that silence, keep your quarters, kid. I'm going to run for Congress. Yeah. Now, quickly, what do I want to do? I've had the red card twice. I want Medicare for all. Healthcare is a human right. I want to fully fund our schools and return our classrooms to our teachers. We are testing our children too much. We are telling them they are failing when it is our policy that is not passing. We are failing our criminal justice system. We need a second chance, not a 10-year incarceration. We are failing, all of us, when we have not fully restored the Voting Rights Act, when we have not doubled down on civil rights including the Equal Rights Amendment, including the Employee Non-Discrimination Act. And so I want to do all these things and more, but the first way we do that is we build relationship. We get to know each other, and you let me know how I can serve you, because that is the mission of any congressman or congresswoman who goes to DC. I have to be accountable to you, and I have to serve you and come to you where you are. And so that's what, what I am and what I'll do. I'm Chalice Montgomery, in it to win for District 10. Thank you. Is there any quick question for Ms. Montgomery? Will she sit down? Question, any, 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 both Democrats, so we kind of know what you stand for, but neither one of us, neither one of you gave us an opportunity to hear how you're going to do these things. I mean, we read that you're good Democrats and you're going to do all these things, but what I would like to know is how you plan on going up and fighting the 434 other members of Congress to get this done, because that's what we need to know as Democratic voters. We know you're a Democrat, we know you're like us. How are you going to serve us up there? Sure. I love bold ideas, and bold ideas are very important. However, uh, it is important to be able to also negotiate and work across the aisle, but without compromising our principles. So part of my jobs plan is infrastructure, but it's not these great big infrastructure projects that waste dollars. It's infrastructure that matters right here at home in the rural community 
targeted jobs to places that need them, not a spread out far and wide jobs plan that serves lots of people equally. We need to target the inequity that exists in the system and make sure we send the infrastructure jobs and the public service jobs to where they are needed the most. Number one, that has broad bipartisan appeal. Number two, I've spoken with Republicans who say that they believe it's time for Medicare for all, it's time to cover everyone, and the key there is that we preserve choice in the system. That we cover absolutely everyone free of charge from toe to top, but we also uh, allow you to purchase into the private market additional care that you might like. So we find those areas. Uh, a living wage of at least $15 an hour. When I talk to small local business owners, they're concerned about how they pay that. They want to pay that so badly. I want to give fully portable benefits and I want to give a tax credit to those small business owners that decreases over time. There are ways that we can take our progressive principles and meet the other side. There are ways to do that and to win. And it's okay, I don't have to have all the credit. I'm just there to serve.